Willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 166 on Sunday, January the 3rd. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. I'm Armish Ben. <laughs> the dwarf, Classy. the and the mother of madness. And this week, we're going deep down the rabbit hole this week, eavesdroppers, because we've got David Weiss here from the Flat Earth podcast. How are we doing, Dave? I'm doing great, man. Armish Dave here, ready to go. <laughs> and, uh... You know, I, I, a quick conversation before we started, and you guys told me you're globe earthers, and it's 2021, and there's still people that believe we live on a spinning ball? Come yeah. on! We must be the last three, mustn't we? What the heck, man? I even wore, I even wore my T-shirt, for, my Secret Santa T-shirt oh. for you, because I know, I know you're a big fan of uh, NASA, never a straight answer. Can I, can, not a space agency, you mean? Not a space agency, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys do, do, can I let me just ask you another question do you guys believe in NASA in what way <laughs> like have they ever put anything ever into space yeah I okay. think they've put things into space oh. yeah I, I, Dave, oh, I got my work cut out for me today Dave you know why <laughs> do you know what you know why we believe that because you're we've, we've because seen, we've seen it on tv mate of course. <laughs> you know what? Here's what's going to happen today. We only have an hour, so yeah. we're going we're gonna to plow through stuff, and uh, and we might have to come back for round two, but I'm going to say some crazy, insane in nonsense today, and I'm also going to say some stuff where you're going to go, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of simple. And what you'll notice is the crazy, insane nonsense is the helio nonsensical model bullshit. <laughs> that you guys believe in and the stuff that makes sense is going to be the flat earth stuff. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Where do, where do we start? Let's start Bring off with, 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 uh, <laughs> I like to say at the beginning, the most people that hate flat earth or think they live on a ball have a false perception of what the flat earth is and also have no idea what their own model is. All right. Yep. So let's start off with what the flat earth isn't and what you guys think the, the ball model is. And then it should all unwind from there pretty quickly. Great. The flat Earth is not is not a disc flying in space with a whole bunch of other planets like this, right? This is not what the flat Earth is. This is what they want you to think it is. Okay. If you Google flat Earth, you're going to end up at the Flat Earth Society, and you're going to see pictures of flat Earth like this. That's not the flat Earth. No flat Earther believes any of that nonsense. Um, that's what they, it's called the controlled opposition. If you yeah. end up at the Flat Earth Society, it is a disinformation site to make you laugh at Flat Earth, right? What the Flat Earth is, is the Flat Earth is literally the basement of the universe. Think of a, a puddle or a pond or a lake. The world oceans create a big lake. And the land that surrounds a lake or a puddle or whatever is the, is higher than the water surface. Well, Antarctica is the land that surrounds the lake, okay? Yep. And 
it's the highest land on earth. If you went on a boat anywhere in the world, you go, you get to the shore, you walk into town, you buy some beer, you do whatever you got to do. But if you go to Antarctica, the land is 200 feet over your head because it's the highest land on earth. We live in the Antarctic basin, right? We live in the Antarctic basin and nobody is allowed to explore outside of this pink line. Right, okay, that's, that's the 60th degree south. Um, all the nations in the world have signed a treaty. No person, no corporation, nobody can explore there. And you're not even allowed to question the treaty until the year 2041. Okay? That's right. You can't and fly over it either, can you? You can't fly over it either. You can't fly over it. You can't take this little short route from, <laughs> from Santiago to Australia, or you can't fly over Antarctica, so you can't even go around on this short route. When you when you want to fly from Santiago to Australia, they send you all the way up to the northern hemisphere and all the way across and then all the way back down. If I could find that slide, um, that would be helpful. But uh, where did it go? Where did it go? I'm usually more fluent at this. Um, so the the southern flights here we go so if you want to go they send you all the way up and across and down but if you want to go to the other side of australia they send you all the way up all the way across to europe to dubai and then down but if you look at that on a flat earth map it's a straight line okay uh-huh. that's the actual flight route wow planes airplanes fly straight and level over the earth plane the large bodies of water at rest lay flat okay that's the the earth is 70 percent water we can see too far um that's a start okay so that's what the flat earth is the flat earth isn't a disc floating in space with other planets that's all nonsense other planets are nonsense uh but the well, other right, planets are nonsense other planets are nonsense we'll we'll get into that and that, that's when NASA is <laughs> going to get destroyed so don't cry get your tissues ready because NASA is finished with this conversation <laughs> okay so um, what is the heliocentric model so I'm going to ask you guys some questions and when I was asked these questions when I was a baller I didn't know any of the answers <laughs> so don't don't feel bad how fast is the earth spinning we're orbiting we're spinning how fast are we spinning a thousand miles an hour at the equator very good very good so you've done a little bit of research so when you watch the sunset you believe you're on the top of a ball and you're falling over backwards faster than the speed of sound and that's making the sun appear to go down genius that's (laughs) that's crazy while you're doing that you're orbiting at how fast oh uh, this is the sun you're orbiting at 66,600 miles an hour. That's an interesting number, but it's a ridiculous number because it doesn't even exist. <laughs> Chasing the sun at a half a million miles an hour. So the sun is flying through space oh. at a half a million miles an hour and keeping up with it. And that entire system's moving sideways at one or two million miles an hour. But somehow, somehow, when you go out, at night, tonight, and then a year later and 10 years later on the same night at the same time, all the stars are in the exact same position, even though you're billions and billions and billions of miles from where you were, you know, in this beehive of a solar system, soul lure system. So, yeah. So uh, I'm just firing stuff off here. I'm struggling. I can't believe I'm still sat in my seat when I'm going a thousand mile an hour. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the high priest of scientism, says because of the spin, all the water bulges at the equator, which would make sense. It would actually fly off the Earth. He says it bulges 14 miles higher at the equator. So here's a question for you. If you're in an airplane and you're flying from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere, <clears throat> besides having to nose down to follow the curve around and fly upside down, airplanes only fly at like five miles high. When does it climb the extra 10 miles to get over that hump of water? When does it go up three times higher to get over the hump of water at the equator? And the answer is never because there, there, water lays flat. There is no hump. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a lying psychopath. And so is Bill Lye, the lying guy with the bow tie. Um, they're here just to brainwash you. Here's a flat earth proof. You watch a NASA rocket. It goes up. And it crashes in the Bermuda Triangle. You don't see anything. All of them just go up. They run out of fuel inside of a minute. And then you see a cartoon on TV. This is an amateur rocket that was sent up in, in, uh, uh, in uh, Arizona. All right. it's, it's going really fast. At 73 miles, it hit something. And it went into this like viscous, it seemed like, it sounded like liquid, but it was something viscous, more viscous than the air, less viscous than water. And when it turned on its side, if you watch over here, you're going to see the moon all of a sudden. Here it comes. I'll slow it down. And there's the moon. Oh, that's the moon. Here's mm -hmm. the problem. The moon was over Australia when this was when this was launched. That means that you're looking through the ball at the moon down here. But we saw the moon over there. That proves that the Earth is flat right there. Done. Game over. OK, that's all you need. But there's so <laughs> many proofs of the flat Earth. Let's destroy NASA. You ready? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you know that NASA admits there's no photographs of Earth? Now, is, yeah. this, is this composites we're talking yeah, here? Yeah, they're, they're composites. This one is called the Blue Marble. It's on everybody's iPhone. And, and Robert Simmons of NASA Visual Artists admitted he made it from strips of data uh, that he put it together in Photoshop. But look at the United States. These two balls are the same size. The United States is twice the size in this one. But in fact... That one's tilted back a little bit. If I took this one and tilted it back, it gets smaller. It doesn't get bigger. It gets smaller. But this one, even tilted back, is twice the size of this one. That's just a complete and total lie. This is a painting. They admit it's a painting, but there's still people here on, you know, Earth that think that that's real. Okay? So I'll show it to you to show you how it's even worse. It takes over, like, half the planet. What's that? It's it, like it, the size of half the planet. I'm glad you pointed that out. So uh, as soon as I can find, why am I not able to find stuff today? My, my, uh, oh, we all have days Zoom, like that, Dave. Don't worry about it. My Zoom, uh, my Zoom has, re has moved everything. Ugh. So nothing's in the same water. So if we look at the 2012 image, which I'm trying to find, there it is. There it is. So here's the 2012 image from NASA. And there's the United States. And I took this map of the world that shows everything proportionately how they tell us it is. And here is approximately what we're seeing here. Yep. You have to believe that this land, this land, all of this land, all of this land, everything is on the other side of that ball. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look possible at all. That that image looks dodgy <clears throat> as fuck. NASA's lying. NASA's faking everything. NASA fakes everything. You know how they, uh, they you know how you, you, what about the guys on the space station, you know? Look, how did they float around? How can they possibly be floating, right? <laughs> if I had a harness, 
I could do a flip. And you'd be like, oh, he's on the space station. But we catch them screwing up all the time. They're getting tangled in their wires, right? CGI. Watch what happens to these guys. Just before they cut away, the green screen fucks up. And they just glitched out. And everything in the foreground that was floating also glitched out. But everything in the background stayed perfectly sane. They're not even in the same room together, these guys. Okay? And here's another one. Um, These guys... The, the green screen screwed up, and I'm zooming in. This guy floats by in the background. Look, he's hanging from a harness. And it was supposed to, the, harness, the green screen was supposed to take out his knee harness and his waist harness, but it didn't. So where's the, okay. what's the original of that, of that footage? Is it something that was purportedly from the ISS? Oh, yeah, yeah. So these guys in the foreground, they're, they're flipping their microphone around. They're flipping a, a hat around, but it's really just virtual reality. It's called augmented reality, where they're playing with virtual objects. And he, he you'll see, you won't see it really here, but he's got a hat in his hand, and he's trying to flip the, he's flipping mm-hmm. the hat around, and he, ha- he tosses the hat to the other guy, and the guy missed it. He missed it, but he thought he had it, and he put it away. He put it on the shelf you know, stuck it to the wall or whatever and didn't have it. And so they had to, like, look, see, there there he is putting it away. Oh, my word. What's going on there? I'm putting it, that's, it's looped back and forth. But he's putting it away and he missed it. <laughs> and, there, and you can tell, like, he's freaking out because he's looking at the monitor. His eyes are freaking out. Dude, yeah, look at his eyes. Them, we've oh. caught them so many times and he's looking at a monitor because the monitor has the things on it and he could play with them. It's simple software, right? So again, NASA's faking everything. They've never been in a space. The space station is the international fake station. Okay. Um, Hold on. Quickly, know, quickly, David. They, they went to space. Look, yay, oh. we're high-fiving. That means we landed something on the moon. No, it doesn't. It means that you got a bunch of guys high-fiving. Half of them probably believe it's real. But here, here's a, this is the latest picture of Pluto. Is that Liam Neeson? Yeah, no. <laughs> Check this out. A, a, a spacecraft traveling at 60,000 miles an hour as it was passing Pluto took this picture right here, this picture right here, Okay. The sun is like the size of a star at the distance of Pluto. How is it so well lit? They had like a 1.2 megapixel camera. And why is there a cutout that really looks like Pluto, the dog? Okay. Right? Yeah. Why is it so bright when it's so far away from the sun? Yeah. Why is it so bright? Why is it so clear? How did they transmit? It's just nonsense. You know, and you know what NASA does all of their space training train space station training in a friggin' pool called the, the National Buoyancy Lab. So here they are. They got green screens in the pool. They they can make it green. And look at that. Look what we have. This is what we're shown on TV. It's nonsense. Oh. Say so NASA here, here. In Jupiter, the planet Jupiter, it's a gaseous planet, and it has that storm on it. You know, the red-eye storm? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that storm is bigger than Earth, they tell us. I was always, always amazed, and it, it never never peters out. Well, in 2016, they said, look, we got a picture with our new telescope, and we got the northern lights, okay? And, of course, we'd like, that's fake, but let's just assume it's real, okay? Let's just assume it's real. If you overlay these and then – you fade them in and out, you know, the opacity, every single cloud, you know, these clouds are going this way. These clouds are going that way. If you ever look at any of their video, you know, they're, they're, it's, these are storm systems and nothing's different. You see this little dot right here? Look, it's right there. 
It's the same. Every single cloud is the same yeah. over two years apart. What does this tell you? NASA's lying. NASA's lying. If they're lying about one thing, they're lying about. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I don't want to go there yet. <laughs> they're lying about everything. Look, remember when they got the hole in the space station that they fixed with duct tape and bubble gum? This is what they <laughs> tweeted. This is the hole, but it's actually a record album from 10 years earlier. It's the same photo. Get out. Okay. They're, they're, they're messing with you, man. They're, they're lying about everything. Everything. So remember we were talking about how the earth is spinning, whirling, twirling, flying through space, all of these motions, right? But somehow we have lakes that are like this, right? Imagine you're holding a big, shallow dish of water in a car going 100 miles an hour down a perfectly straight road. Not a problem. Now the car takes a turn. All that water is sloshing. This water is not sloshing, and we're dropping at five miles a minute just from the spin of the earth, let alone we're speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down every year while we're spinning, twirling, and flying. That is insanity. You know, you ever build a cairn? Like, I, I build cairns like oh, this. Oh, wow. That's cool. Right? Right. How come it's not falling over? The slightest little tur- vibration will knock that thing over. Okay, and we're twirling, whirling, spinning, whirling. Okay, <laughs> you guys are toast. You guys are finished. This is over. All right, people see what they want to see. You, you see this picture of Pluto right here? Uh, uh, <clears throat> What's that? Now then, we've you seen see we've seen this image before, haven't we? No, you have. Is Where that, have you seen it? That's the giant uh, Jupiter ducks, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. You <laughs> we see we, what we want to see. It's a, it's a, it's a bunch of ducks in a, in a, yeah, uh, we, in a couple ponds. We, we, we uh, pulled Dave Matheson's like with that, uh, that uh, yeah, image. I, what I'm saying is, people see what they want to see. Yeah. People think they, you know, people are expecting to see curvature, like um, Felix Baumgarten, the guy that did the Red Bull jump. Right? Yeah, he landed and he said, "Yeah, I mm. saw the curve of the Earth." Well. Either one, he was paid to say that and he's a deceiver, or two, maybe more likely, is he was told, hey, you're going to be up so high, you're going to be able to see the curve of the earth. And when, and he's so he's expecting to see the curve of the earth. He goes up, uh, you know, up high enough where he thinks he's going to see it. And guess what? He's wearing a curved goggle, you know, the, his space helmet has a big curved glass on it the ground would be curved if he was on the ground, let alone at space. So he might've seen a curve. Yeah. The problem is this picture right here, all of this land, if we look at it and look at any of the features, these little rivers and stuff, it's all New Mexico. Right. Planet New Mexico. Right. So there's a video of them doing a test flight where without a fisheye lens and it's perfectly flat. It's perfectly flat like this. This is this is basically the same height. Okay, I've seen both. Flat I, and does not move. I watched the Felix Bumgardner like two yeah. nights ago in preparation for this because I thought, oh, I just re- remembered about the because it was 2012, I think, and I saw that image of him coming out of the pod, and you can see the curve, and I'm thinking, well, that's just a curve. You can't tell it's a sphere. It's just a curve. It's sort of that's a fisheye lens, and when he opened the pod door, the camera behind him looking out showed the horizon flat, flat. 
yeah. and at eye level. And and we took that picture with when he got in, when it was on the ground, the same camera. It showed the horizon at the exact same level on the ground, not drop down. Like if you're up that high, you would expect the horizon to drop down a little bit because you're, you know, it's it's a curved ball. But that's not the case at all. Mm. It's it's not the case at all. So, you know, Felix, uh, what was I going to say? He uh, he may have thought he saw the curve, but since we've held their feet to the fire, we've shown them by sending up balloons that things are flat. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the liar that he is, he's gone on shows now. He keeps moving the globe post. You know, oh, you can, can't see the, the curve in an airplane. You can only see it at 45,000 feet. Now, people are like, well, I've been on the Concorde, and we proved that that's just a curved window. And they're like, oh, you can't see it at 60,000 feet. You have to, you have to move it, you know, to 100,000 feet. And now Neil says at 127,000 feet, which was this height. Yep. You can't see it. It's flat at that height. You're too small. So they keep moving the globe post. No matter what we say, they just keep changing their stupid story. But- that sort of um, that sort of links into one of one of our listener questions that we had, and that was about um, the possibility of space tourism because Elon Musk announced, I think it was last year, that his aim is to get something like one million people to Mars by 2040. Do you think that space tu- tourism is going to be a reality? Absolutely not. Was it, since I was a kid, they've been telling us we're going to have hotels in space, hotels on the moon. <laughs> the they just kick the can down the road every couple of years. Every they go, we're going to Mars. No, we're going to the moon. We're going to Mars. We're going to the moon. They go back and forth. They kick it down the road. They kick it down the road. They're, no one's going to space because space doesn't exist. Okay, <laughs> space doesn't exist. There, so here's the thing. <clears throat> you know how the, the flat Earth model. Um, people think that there is. People, most flat Earthers believe there's a dome over us. Are you aware of that? Yeah, the firmament. Yeah. And they say there has to be, there has to be. Oh, you just. There has to be a, uh, a um, dome because you can't have a vacuum next to a high pressure system without a physical barrier. The, the second law of thermodynamics proves it. People go, well, what about gravity? Gravity is holding the air on. You'd have to believe that gravity is holding all the air to the earth as it's spinning and flying. And the way to disprove that is with a straw. Put a straw in your mouth, point it downwards, stick it in water or not, and just make a little weak, low-pressure system with your mouth or your lungs, and up comes water, air, up and away from gravity effortlessly. Well, the, gra- the, the vacuum of space is a billion times more powerful than the weak vacuum of your lungs and would rip all of the air off the Earth, but it doesn't. But that doesn't mean there's a physical barrier because... I don't believe that the, the space is a vacuum. I believe space is water, okay? And if you think about a bubble stuck to the bottom of a pot of water, that's a high-pressure system with water above it without a physical barrier. Um, I don't know. Personally, I do think there's a physical barrier hmm. for many reasons. But until I can go and touch it, I, I can't claim it. So things that are above our heads or beyond the shoreline of Antarctica are speculation and we can speculate about them all day, but <clears throat> we can talk about, you know, the stuff that's underneath our feet right here. What other questions you got? Oh my God. Got, got loads. Um, somewhere about, well, the first sort of topic is celestial, celestial mechanics. So, uh, one of the common questions we got was how does a lunar <laughs> eclipse work? This was a common one. Yeah. So Bill Lye, the lion guy with the bow tie, uh, tells us that 
you know, you can't have a flat Earth because the lunar eclipse would look like this, you know, if it was on its side. Only a sphere can create a perfect curved shadow. Well, the basis of that argument is a lie. If you took a single source light, the sun, and a ball and cast a, you know, and moved it through the sun's, through that light spotting on the wall, yes, that would create a beautiful curve and you can move it all across the wall and that curve would stay consistent. But if you're shining, if you're using that ball to cast a shadow on another ball, it comes in at a sharp angle like this, then it spreads out. And then it leaves at a sharp angle like that as it leaves because of the shape of the ball. But oddly enough, if you took a straight edge and eclipsed that ball, that's that, you know, the light shining on that ball, a straight edge will provide a beautiful curve just like we see. I'm not saying a straight edge is doing it. I'm saying it has nothing to do with the earth. And one way and one one thing that proves that is there's a thing called the Seleninian eclipse. You got the you got the sun, you got the earth right here. So I'm standing on the top of the earth and I'm looking over at the moon setting or the moon rising and the moon is above the above the horizon and the sun is behind me and it also is above the horizon so it's above the earth the earth is not gone in between it yet okay mm-hmm. but the eclipse starts at the top of the moon and it starts coming in from the top of the moon it's not the earth that's doing it it's something right. completely different if you look at the moon the moon is not even lit by the sun, okay? So look at this. Here's a full moon. You guys have seen a full moon. You've been away from the city in the woods or wherever where there's no lights. The moon is bright enough to cast shadows on the ground. Uh, you can read the newspaper by it. Not that you should ever read a newspaper, but <laughs> it's bright enough It's bright enough to, to see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's supposedly the sun is reflecting off the moon and flying 238,000 miles back to Earth, ignoring all science, the inverse square law of light and how light diminishes over time. It ignores all of that. Um, and it's a, we're able to see it. Also, a single source light lighting a sphere doesn't light a sphere equal edge to edge. It lights a hot spot and then it fades out to the edges. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this is its own light. This is casting its own light. You know what happens when you magnify moonlight? It's cold. How do you mean? How do you mean magnify moonlight? <clears throat> you know how if you magnify the sun, you could burn things. Oh right, yeah. So how do you, you magnify a, a moonlight? Glass. It gets colder. Really? Yeah. And and if, if you look at moonlight, if you look, if you measure with a, a, a laser thermometer, the ground that's in the moonlight, and then the ground that's shaded from the moonlight, it's warmer in the shade. Wow, which is the, which is the opposite during the day. That's moonlight sweet. is cold. It's a different kind of light. So here's the other thing. Hmm. Here's your lovely guys at NASA on the moon, on the lit side of the friggin' moon. Do you think this amount of light can go 238,000 miles back to Earth and look like that? <clears throat> Let me explain what the inverse square law of light is. It's very simple. Very easy math. Yeah, because I'm sure some of our eavesdroppers probably right. aren't familiar. So, we obviously so light all are. is measured in lumens, right? Yep. I think that the lumens of the moon are 10, 20, 20 lumens um, when you're looking at a full moon on a clear night. But let's just say it's one, so we give NASA all the benefit of the doubt. It's just one lumen. Right. The inverse square law of light says every time you half the distance to a light, it gets four times brighter. So yep. halfway to the moon, it's four lumens. 
Then if you cut that distance in half again, it's 16 lumens. And if you cut that distance in half again, it's 64 lumens. It keeps quadrupling. And that's just a science. That's just a law of light. When you get to 100 miles from the moon, where the astronauts took a picture of the dusty, dirty ball, it's something like 10 million lumens. The number is so ridiculous that it would melt your eyeballs. No one would ever be able to take a, a picture of it. It's, it. it's ridiculous. But this dusty, dirty ball looks like this from Earth. You're believing nonsense. That shirt is making you dumb. Okay? Just by wearing hey, it. Hey, it was <laughs> a present. It. it was a present from Amish Mark. Yeah, yeah. These guys, the snake tongue guys, are lying to you about everything. Oh, everything. That's safe. Everything. Look, this is the this is what they 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 uh you gotta watch the video of this. It's unbelievable where they where they take off on the moon in that ridiculous moon lander and and are able to two grown men in there are able to dock with this thing. It's the worst Crap! It's, it's South Park would reject it as a cutaway scene. Okay, <laughs> it's the worst stuff ever. None of their stuff holds up. Just try to find that on YouTube. Uh, Is that the original uh, that alleged, the alleged original. moon landing? Actually, here's the problem: the the um, <laughs> if you Google flat Earth, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying. Um, the I got the COVIDs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The if you try to find uh, like, hey, Dave, send me something on the fake moon landing. I'll send you a video. And the next video that Google is going to serve you is going to be a debunking video. It's going to be nonsense. It's going to be mind programming garbage. And th you you won't find the information that you want. Mm -hmm. But the, the way um, I created this app, let me share my app and show you a few things on how the flat earth works. And then we can hit as many questions as you want. You ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. OK, so. This is my app. It's called the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. You guys can see that? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So the sky is a perfect clock. I showed you that the heliocentric spiraling solar system where everything is just ripping around each other. It's impossible. The sun is attached to the hour hand. Wherever the sun is, it's 12 noon. And the sun goes around once every 24 hours. You know what they did? They said, hey, we better change the clock to make it go around twice so the slaves don't figure out that it's really a sky clock. Okay? <laughs> so if I speed it up, the sun laps the moon once every 28 days. Okay? Right. So the sun keeps track of the hours and the days. The moon with its phases and position keep track of the weeks and the months. And then if I turn on the stars, the stars are going just slightly faster than the sun, and they lap the sun once a year. So in 30 days, the sun will be in this sign, and in 30 days, it'll be in Pisces. Mm -hmm. And so the sun will be in each sign for a month until the stars lap it. So the sun keeps track of the seasons and the years. So the sky is a perfect clock that is predictable, repeatable, um, and that's how we knew this alignment was going to happen on the 21st. You can predict anything you want with, the, with this. So the question is, um, let me show you. This is how a compass works. And the, and the flat Earth, the north is the center, just like it is on a, on a globe Earth. Yep. And if you want to go from, like, California and you want to circumnavigate the world, well, you can head 270 degrees dead west. But dead west, remember, your compass always has to point towards the north. So 270 degrees, you have to keep turning right to maintain that heading. You think you're going straight, but you're going in a circle. <laughs> you yeah. can go east 
right? 90 degrees east will take you this way. I'm following my compass. I think I'm going in a straight line, but I'm really going dead east because my compass always needs to point towards the north. I circumnavigated the world. Well, guess what? That doesn't prove the earth is flat or a ball because you can do it on both. Here's something you can do. <clears throat> you can go you can go north straight up. And then as soon as I pass the North Pole, now I'm going south, even though I'm still going straight, and I'm in Indonesia or Japan, right? And I went across the north, um, but that doesn't prove the earth is flat or a ball because you can do it on both. Mm. Here's something that you can't do. You can't go south from here over Antarctica and pop up uh, in Australia on a flat earth. You can't go south, which is anyway away from the north, from the center, you can't go south and pop up over in New Zealand. You can't do that on flat, flat Earth. But guess what? Nobody's ever done it, ever. Billions of people have gone across the north. Billions of people have gone around east or west. Zero people have ever gone south and popped up on the other side of the world. And is this totally down to the Antarctic Treaty? <clears throat> well, that's what they claim. But, well, I mean, but yeah. still... Still, why don't why can't we go that route I showed you from uh, you know around the around Antarctica, yeah, around Antarctica. So, so real quick, and then I'll jump out of the app. Um, I could show you this is uh, the world time, and I could show you right now it is uh, seven a.m. in Eastern Australia or seven thirty a.m. and it's eleven p.m. in uh, South Africa. Uh, so it shows you where the time is, and these are the time zones. They move around. Wherever the sun is, it's noon, and this shows you the times everywhere around the world. Yeah. If you have questions, which everybody should, you hit the question mark, and up come all of the questions. Like, you know, hey, where, where's the edge, you you retard? You know, <laughs> what about what about seasons? Don't don't seasons? I, hit, I click seasons, and up come some videos on seasons. You know, or or why the lie? And if I click why the lie... Bam, upcome videos that YouTube will not serve you about seasons. Wow. There's also tons of other information, mud floods, biblical flat earth, um, debunking the debunkers. Uh, <laughs> that's where if you look for, if you say, hey, what are the top 10 reasons we know the earth is a globe? You're going to get like National Geographic and, and the yeah. Science Channel. They're going to have these videos. Well, we have those videos in here completely deconstructed for you to show you how they're lying, just like NASA lies. No way, Marty Leeds. Marty Leeds. Marty Leeds, he's the man. He knows. He's uh, he's on our hit list. <clears throat> hit list? Our hit list for, for, for this year, yes. for guests. Yeah. You mean to get him on your show? Yeah, yeah, I want to talk to Marty. Well, as soon as you guys send me a sworn statement that you all believe the earth is flat, I'll get him on the show for <laughs> okay? All right, and then I have different languages, and then um, Marty's a good friend of mine. Oh, good, and, uh, cool. I like so Marty. I, I, I watch his YouTube stuff. I like I like what he yeah, does. Marty's Marty's a man, and Marty knows the Earth is flat. He spoke at the Flat Earth Conference uh, in Dallas. Really, so, right? Yeah. So over here, every day a new video is posted. I do short ones during the week, longer ones on the weekend. I say, take the Flat Earth app challenge. Watch one video a day for two weeks, and you will know that you don't live on a spinning space ball flying through an infinite vacuum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happens is people say, hey. I saw you on the Amish podcast. I paid $2.99 for your stupid app, and I clicked. Uh, I didn't feel like waiting, so I clicked the archive button. And when you click the archive button, up comes all of the videos um, from the previous months, you know, from the current mm -hmm. month, right? Mm -hmm. Here they all are. And here's, uh, if you hit the little hamburger at the top, all of the other months. So, And they're like, I haven't slept in two days. I hate you. My family thinks I'm crazy. 
now what do I do? And I say, welcome to flat earth. And uh, there's, there's a ton, ton, ton more information there. But if you want to learn about flat earth, that's it. It's $2 and 99 cents. And one thing I'm going to tell you is that people like freak out when you get it, there's a little pop-up that says, would you like to subscribe for 99 cents? You do not need to subscribe for 99 cents. You can exit out the second it shows up. It only shows up once a day. There's no ads and you still get everything. So don't worry about it. Only subscribe if you want Dave to keep doing what he's doing and, uh, you know, and support the, the, this app, which costs a lot of money to run. So yeah, that's that $2.99. Get the app, take the challenge, share it with your friends. You can gift the app to friends. You can show it to friends because anyone you show it to goes, huh, where do I get that app? So make sure you tell them where to get the app and you can share it. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> All right. Um, you just uh, you, you skipped over there. I think it might have been better for us to show you while while you, I should have mentioned it while you had the app up, but you you just sort of skipped over seasons there. Can you just explain oh, seasons. the uh, the seasons. seasons? Ready? Yeah. So so right now, this outer yellow line is the Tropic of Capricorn. Yep. Okay. It, you've heard the top Tropic of Capricorn. Yep. And on December twenty first, the sun points directly at the Tropic of Capricorn on a ball Earth. They say it's just tilted, so it's pointing at that tropic. Tropics are circles around the north, and the inner one is the Tropic of Cancer. But it's not the tilt of the Earth. The sun just travels in between these tropics. Six months to go out, January twenty first. Six months to go in, June twenty first. So watch. <clears throat> right now, it's the heat of the summer in australia and you know central south america that's right and the sun is over them it's the heat of their their summer um but it's the middle of our winter you're in the north right mm. and so it's the middle of our winter and and in the winter the sun is lower on the horizon it never gets as high in the sky well think about this an airplane that flies over your head well the airplane flies right over your head and it's over your head but if the airplane was 10 miles to your left at the same height, you would just see it fly lower in the sky, right? It wouldn't be over your head. It would be away like the sun is now. We see the sun now. Do you want to say now. that, Sorry Dave? That. Yeah. <laughs> we see the sun, we see the sun uh, low in the sky for us because it's far away. The people in the south see the sun high. So watch. I'm going to jump the with a little jumping guy. I'm going to jump six months into the future or five, five six months. There we go. Right, yeah. June, and in June... The sun is closer to us. It flies over our heads, just like that airplane did. It's higher in the sky. And it's our summer. Not because of the stupid tilt of the earth and the spreading of the light. I can clearly show you how that proves the earth is, it's not the tilt that causes the seasons. So in that model, the earth is is slowly migrating between the tropics of Cancer and Capricorn. The earth does not move. The sun slowly migrates inwards and outwards. Yeah. So it's doing like a slow zigzag between the two it, it, tropics. Well, it, it's, it's making circles. It gets wider, and it's actually going faster. And people have a hard time. Like, well, how can the sun speed up to make that bigger circle? And the way I say is, I don't believe the sun and the moon that we see, again, speculation that's above our heads, is a physical thing. Um, I think we're seeing what's like a reflection into our reality. And we all see it in a position relative to our own position. Remember when you're driving down the road as a kid and like, Hey mom, the moon's following me. And the mom says, shut up. It's not following you. It, no, she's wrong. It was, it does follow you. <laughs> so, 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 um, 
And I, I could show you how we all here. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain how we. A lot of people like. What do you mean we see it in different positions? Imagine a room. We're in a big room, and I'm gonna divide the room with a thin blue sheer uh, bed sheet, just a, a sheet dividing the room. Okay, the room's dark, and we're both on one side of the sheet, looking at the sheet. We're ten feet apart, and on the far end of the room, on the other side of the sheet. Um, I have a, a bright light, and I turn that light on. Immediately, the entire sheet lights up blue, all right? That's the sky. And then we can also see the light, the, the brightness of the light on a spot on the sheet, right? We can see it through the sheet. We can see the source of that light. Mm. Well, if I had a third person go up to the sheet, and I was like, I see that bright light right there, and they put a little X on the sheet with a Sharpie, the person to, 10 feet to my right is going to see that light on a different spot on the same sheet. Okay, they're seeing this, that light on a different spot. Well, right. the sheet is our sky, and the sun is being projected into it. Okay, right. So, assuming there's a distance between the light source and the sheet, then perspective gives yeah. the other, the second person, a different. Here's the thing: angle. if two people triangulate the sun, they're like, okay, I've got a measurement. We know how far apart we are from each other, and I got the angle of the sun. They come up with a location. If you add a third or fourth or fifth person at different locations, you should be able to triangulate that better and bring it in even tighter. But the more people you add to the equation, the farther off the, the, the location of the sun gets because everyone's seeing that thing in a different position. So it doesn't work. It doesn't act like a physical object. Crazy, right? Right. So is it your... It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't behave like a physical object. So it, yeah. it, it's it's amazing how, how that works. So is, is it your belief that the sun is outside of the firmament then? Well, I believe that the sun that we see is within our sky. It's clear as day. Also, the moon... Next time you see the moon during the when the sky is still blue during the day, notice that the blue sky is behind the moon. Okay. It's not that dusty, dirty ball isn't being reflected through our day sky so we can see it. It's within the Earth system. It's within the it's within the sky. Hmm. Um, and the sun also is within the Earth system. Everything we see is within the Earth system. It's all within everything we see. You know, this is the star Capella. OK, this is zoomed in on Capella. Does that look like anything NASA ever shows you? Our optics have outgrown their lies. Okay, what's that? What's that taken with, Dave? This is done with a P nine hundred super zoom consumer camera by Nikon. It's right. got an eighty seven times zoom, and we zoom in on it. This one's dead in focus. Now, some of them are a little out of focus, but that out of focus sometimes helps you really see. This is the star. Um, what star is this? This is uh, this is Capella. The other one was Arcturus. This is Capella. Right. Does that look like a burning ball of hydrogen trillions of miles away? You, you have no idea what a trillion is. A trillion. You know that the closest star. Wait a minute. Let me. I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to. I'm going to blow your minds in a second. This is. <laughs> this is. The, this is the star Sirius. I slowed it down. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Okay. It's all within the Earth system. These things are here, and they're part of who we are. You know how the, the Carl Sagan says we're all stardust? Star no, stuff, we're yeah. all like, I, I believe that the stars are literally the holders of our souls and we're having a soul's journey here on Earth. Um, that's a whole a whole nother thing. That's me. Again, anything above our heads or outside the borders of Antarctica is speculation. It's my personal opinion. Yeah. So, 
No, that's a cool belief. I I, I love that sort of metaphys- metaphysical stuff and that. Yeah. The thing is, with our modern society, we're so mechanistic and, you know, with the, the new atheists like Richard Dawkins and uh, Sam Harris and whatnot, and, you know, we're just, we're, we're just biological robots and... I, I'm I'm sort of with you on in that respect, Dave. In that, I think there is something unique and divine about our in, our individual souls, right, so, or whatever so you want to call let's it. Take it to let's take it to why the lie before we have to wrap up. Yeah, fuck. So <laughs> why the fuck are they lying about this? This is the biggest lie ever. If you look at all the NASA and space propaganda, all of the movies, all of the television shows, global network news, globes in every household. Do any one of you have a globe in where you are right now? Does anyone have a globe in your house? No, no one has a freaking globe. Come on. <laughs> I don't. Next time you see a globe yeah, in a store, at someone's house, whatever, grab it, turn it upside down and read the sticker on the bottom. Okay. And I'll tell you what it says. It says, not for educational purposes, for decorative <laughs> purposes only. Because they don't want to be sued when someone tries to go from South America to Africa and get lost in the middle of uncharted oceans. Okay? So the globe's a lie. The globe is a lie. So why the lie? Why yeah, the lie? Why? And this is, this is what was hard for me. Um, I would listen to podcasts and I, on whatever topic, you know, conspiracy podcasts, whatever. And I'm learning. I got three pages of notes. I'm like, this is great. These guys are great. And then all of a sudden they mention the Bible, the Quran, Jesus. I'm like, you're done. I rip up those pages. I unsubscribe and I throw out everything they said because they're <laughs> religious zealot, you know, fanatics. And uh, because, so there is no God, right? But then I discovered, okay, we don't live on a spinning ball. We're not a random accident. You know, the spinning ball says nothing exploded, created everything. Then, you know, it turned into perfect spheres and then lightning struck and created an amoeba that turned into a frog and turned into a cow (laughs) that turned into a monkey that turned into a human, you know, and here we are. So that's that's crazy. So I, I said, okay. the earth is created. This is intelligently designed. Therefore, there's a creator. Okay, what do you want to call that creator? That's up to you. We'll just call it God for now. There's a God. There's somebody that created this, something that created this. Okay, so that changed my perception of this world. There's a creator. So why would they lie about this? Well, they're hiding God. They don't want people to know. Now, by the way, there are people that have found God that think we live on a ball that are doing fine. But again, they're missing the boat. They're not realizing who they really are, what they really are, what power they really have. So the, um, so they're hiding God because most people in the world, a large percentage of the people in the world uh, don't know. They're like, Oh, maybe there's a God, maybe there's not. And if they knew the earth was flat, then they know there's a God. Cause once you see the creation you can't deny the existence anymore. Right, you can't put okay? it down to chance. Yeah, so so where you take the journey after that, that's your own journey. But when you see the creation, you can't deny his existence. Uh, so they're hiding God because when people find the flat earth, they wake up, they find out, wow, this place was created for me. I have God-given free will. There's nothing these controllers, quotation marks, can do to me. They can't take anything from us. They always have to tell us what they're doing. They always have to get us to consent by not saying no. Did you know that not saying no is saying yes? They tell us everything that they're doing. All of these events, the one that happened in New York, they told us a hundred ways to Sunday the what was coming and nobody friggin' stopped it, right? They need us to create their reality. 
this is the psyop, not the not the flat earth isn't the psyop. The psyop is they don't want us to know that our thoughts create reality. And I could prove it because everything in your lives was created by your thoughts. You have this podcast, everything you do, you guys thought about, created everything you own. Everything that happens in your life is your fault. It's your fault because your thoughts brought you right to where you are. So they don't want us to know that our thoughts can literally work like magic. They can create anything. Okay. Mm. So they need to keep us in fear. They're, they're, they're all of the stuff that's going on in the world right now. They're just pumping fear in us. So we literally create the dystopic world that they want. They're trying to, you know, take over this world. They don't look at us as humans. They look at us as, as worse than sheep right? As a herd. So they want us to create that world. They can't do it. They need us to create that dystopia. And if you're lost in space, spinning out of control where an asteroid could take you out anytime, you have no real feet on the ground um, to make rational decisions. You might be able to make some rational decisions, but not until you know who you are, where you are, what you are, will you ever take your true power back? And, you know, oh, how does this change my life? You know, I still have to go to work on Monday. Well, you know, I had my own business. That's something that I never thought I could have. My thoughts, I created this own, my business with a couple partners. I walked away from it all to do this. Okay. I walked away from a lot of money to do this because this message is important. Waking up you three Globers is very important. (laughs) Okay. I didn't think we'd get so. into. Uh, I didn't think we'd get into sort of existential angst tonight. But you raise um, you raise an important point about yeah. the way that we're taught from school that we are an accident of evolution and essentially insignificant. Your life All is in, of that insignificant. Is, is, is control and it's All of that is it control. paves the way to nihilism. And uh, I think that's an important important message to get out. Is that you know, we are, there is something special about us. And the more people realize that, the better. A hundred percent. So again, let me show you one more thing. Yep. So remember when you're on the top of the ball and you're falling over backwards faster than the speed of sound, which is making the sun go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not what really happens. <laughs> I hope you guys realize that by now, but um, here's a shot where I put my drone up at on a super, super clear cold day, no humidity. And the sun was up here and it took about five minutes for it to go down, 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 nice and smooth. And then when it got to this apparent horizon, it stopped and it sat there for 10 minutes it stopped going down. But my buddies at the beach saw it set 10 minutes earlier, but it just sat there and watch what happens. This is sped up like 2,500%. It didn't go down below this line. It just disappeared into the thickness of the clear air. The air becomes opaque over distance and the sun is just forward and backwards right here. Uh, the sun can't push through. So this is the sun going away and it just, you can't see it. But they saw it set from the bottom up down at the beach 10 minutes earlier. How do you, how do you account for that? Why, why, would, they the say, sun, why would they see so, something different? Because, because they're looking across a large body of water. And on the other side of the water, there's trees that look like they're at eye level or buildings that look like they're at eye level just due to perspective. But the sun is actually above them. And when the sun goes away, it's, oops. When the sun goes, so it's above eye level, the sun goes away, it looks like it's setting. Ah. It looks like it's setting. Right. See that? Yep. It just goes away because it's above that. But if I brought this down and sun just going to go away, it's not going to set. 
And when it gets a certain distance, you can't see it anymore because the air is too thick. Wow. Now, oh, wow. Have even we got all time? that jaw is going to fall on the floor if you don't hold it. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got, we've got a few, I think we've got a few minutes left, haven't we, Dave? Can, I, can I get through some of, the, some of our Two questions? Two and a half minutes. What's right. that? I just want to get through a couple of our, question, our questions. Go ahead, go, sorry. Um, what was the first one? Uh, we got one from Steg, and it was about, you know, in, uh, in Scandinavia, they have this period where the sun never sets. Yeah. The so, land of the so midnight again, sun. The, when the sun is over the Tropic of Cancer, it's in close. And those, those, the, those inner northern places, the sun never gets far enough away from them because it's doing a tight circle. It's only the distance of the sun that makes it appear to set. So it goes around them, and it never gets far enough away to set. So Scandinavia... Um, Australia, I mean, not Australia, Northern Alaska, they get the 24 hour sun. But when it's over the, this time of year, the sun never gets close to them and it never rises. Right. They should have the exact, they should have the exact same thing six months apart in the South with the, with the 24 hour sun, but there is no 24 hour sun in the South. It's enough. In the app, in the app, it says, what about the Antarctica and the 24 hour sun? Click that whole bunch of videos showing how there's four videos of the sun circling around in Antarctica and they're clearly faked, provably faked. Right. Because okay. any, any, any normie going to Wikipedia will, will find articles saying that in Antarctica, they have six months of light and six months of darkness. They don't. Oh, but by, by the way, hold on. In Antarctica, you do have a certain, uh, a, a long time with <laughs> twilight. Daylight and sunlight are two different things. The sun, the sunlight wraps around the dome when it's all the way near the outside. And when it's all, when it's, when it's, uh, when it's, yeah, when it's over the Tropic of Capricorn, it literally wraps around, but you can't see the sun. You can see light because the sky is lit. The sun lights up the dome and that gives us the daylight. It's pretty amazing. Right. Well, Dead. I'm going to have to... We're, we're rocking up on time, Dave. We're going to have to save mm. these for, for next time. Yeah, all right, part let's, two. Uh, let's schedule the next one, and we'll just hit all the questions, and we can do it whenever you want. You guys have my uh, calendar link, right? It, yeah, it's been great. It's been lots of fun. Mm. We've really enjoyed uh, meeting you and yeah. talking to you. It's been fascinating. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, you guys absolutely. get the app and watch the video every day. And then we'll have a, a lit, lit, next time we'll just have a flat earth meetup. It'll be great. <laughs> Super duper. <laughs> All right. And don't blame me. This is, you're going to lose some family members. Yeah. You're going to lose some friends. I, it's okay. Cause you know. you're going to some new friends <laughs> and you can call them your family. It's fine. It's fine. Say one, okay. one of the things I noticed Dave, when I put the post up saying you were coming on and asking for questions was the negative reaction we had from certain quarters and yeah, it was quite people, surprising people, to me they love no one likes having their ball taken away they love space right it's like you're taking a ball away from a child because you were taught it was a ball before you could speak <laughs> so you're taking away star wars star trek all of that stuff it's all being ripped out from underneath you astronauts the moon landing it's all taken away and take off that that shirt man that's <laughs> <laughs> We, we won't, we won't even get shirt anymore without saying I am an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Dave, next time, next time I'll wear a Jurassic Park Guys, t-shirt. I, I got a hard stop. I got to go to this other show. Nope. Send me a link when this is up yep. and, uh, okay. and get the app. And uh, if, if you want me to get it for you, just send me your email address and tell me whether you have iOS or Android and I'll send you a free download or you can just buy it. 
Cool. Cool, Dave. Nice right. to meet you. It's been yeah, great. Nice you Take care. Bye. I will do. Bit tomorrow. Right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That was our chat with David Weiss from the Flat Earth podcast. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty excellent. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, um, like I was saying, I, I don't think I really understood what he was talking about a lot of the time. Um, it was like I a, understand. It's like a whirlwind, a force of nature. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we were we were I, time time limited. Uh, Dave had a hard out on the hour, so yeah. we had to we had to just r- rifle through things as quick as we can. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Thanks for everyone for sending your questions. I've got two pages full and. Um, we we only managed to hit a couple of them, but hopefully, um, you know, further down the line, David will come back and uh, we'll be able to go things in a more relaxed uh, pace and uh, go through some of the the questions we had because we had some some good ones. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an odd, an interesting section. It was what? Is yeah. anyone else uh, convinced there is now a flat earther? Let us no. know, eavesdroppers. Email at theomisinquisition <laughs> at gmail.com if you've been converted by Dave's uh, hour-long yeah. expose of the lie that you've been lied to your entire life, then get in touch and let us know. I do think, you know, some of those things he said about NASA were probably where they've cobbled something together. Maybe not the moon landings. But um, some of the other stuff. There was a famous case, wasn't there? I think it was Collins. Was it Andrew, the astronaut Collins, where they had a fo- there's a famous photo of him with the Earth in the background, and then it turned Michael. out Michael Collins. And then the original image came came up where he was in a it was a green screen job. All right. Okay. We, we we know that it's not. We know that NASA lies to us. That's not. It's not controversial. That. And the thing about sort of America being huge on that globe that they've yeah. made out of a composite, um, that's something that we as a nation used to do. So the British Isles, when we used to make the maps of the world and give them to everybody, were huge. So we made made ourselves bigger, mm. basically. Mm. It still happens that yeah with cartography. The, uh, the Mercator project, projection, isn't it? Yeah, if if you get Mercator a true projection, if you if you get a true map, uh, and you take the continent of Africa, you can fit North America, China, Europe, all of it in there. Mm-hmm. But when you look on a like a standard map, you know Africa is shrunk down. Mm. It still goes on that. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, should we move on? Should we do some housekeeping? Oh, yes. Housekeeping. 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 I'm a blind man. Oh, become a producer and support the show. How do you become a producer? Amish Matt. Um, Send us things. It's it's normally Ben that goes first. (laughs) Uh, well, you can also uh, leave a, a review. Yeah. Um, send us, you know, questions. 
centers uh, animals, feces, buy things <laughs> from the um, Amish Inquisition loot box. Mm. Um, send us, you know, maybe just send us suggestions of people to have on the podcast. Yeah, guest suggestions. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. News stories, yeah. news articles, YouTube videos, any sort of information that you feel requires amplifying. Yeah. Uh, you can email Please. us at thearmsinquisition at gmail.com. Yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. This is a prime episode for YouTube, I reckon. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. And yeah. um, stalk us on social media, tell your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the number one way to become a producer? Uh, Ben? Cash? Is it cash? Toss a coin to your witcher, Old Valley of Plenty, Old Valley of Plenty. I think you're hitting, hitting the point, Phil, that, uh... Toss a coin to your witcher, Old Valley of Plenty. Uh, uh, it really bothers me. Uh, 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 uh. Send us your cold hard cash. Go to uh, thearmistinquisition.com, look for the PayPal button and give us either a one-off or a monthly. And, yeah. uh, help we, uh, us. Are we accepting Bitcoin now in whole single denominations? Yeah. Um, Is it $30,000 now? I believe so. Is okay, it 30? It's yeah. It's reached a new record high. It was 20 like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's in whatever it is. <laughs> Fuck, I was meaning to talk to you, Ben, about that, actually, because I think we should sort, sort out a crypto wallet and you have experience. You are, I, you know, I have an issue in this respect. and <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I believe I'm, I have an issue in this respect. And uh, you, you know what you're doing, so maybe that's something for you to do. Yeah, we can do that. I'll, let me write it down in this notebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do something really noisy next to your microphone. I can type it in. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we better thank the producers for episode 166. Ooh. We have Gav Scott, Scuba284, Stephen Andrew, John Isaac, Steph Johnson, Nomi Noz Nodge, Phil Skins, Armageddon Feast, Tamborista 2020, Full Metal Keto as Fuck, and Anonymous. You're so amazing in your love. Literally. The best mate. I've been coming to terms with the fact that... I'm a blind man. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. The dwarf. The current. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asthma. The cunt. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple and the mother of... Money bickering. From hell. Wait on don't get it, never will. Oh, they should have run. Look at them now. They're dead. Yeah, so thanks. It's, uh, it's been another good week, producer-wise. Yep. Let's uh, should we move on and do some some of the dreaded COVID news. <laughs> oh, I thought that was last year. <laughs> Put on your fucking muzzle if you go to the shop. 
the magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass from hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating more like More lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. Two million people have to die. This is such a crock of shit. This is Sonny Pickering! Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me! Oh, big COVID news this week. Should we start with something positive? Finally, some positive yeah. co- positive COVID news. Well, uh, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill Gates was on uh, CNN a couple of weeks ago, being interviewed by Jake Tapper. Okay. And uh, I've got a clip. Let's uh, check it out. The summer will be... Oh, I think I've... Uh, for some reason it was paused already, that clip. I just have to press this button. It should reset. Way closer to... Oh. oh, it's the 2021 Millennium Bug. Oh, my God. Is it... What, what, did, what did they call it, the Millennium Bug? They had the a name for it. It Y2K Bug, wasn't it? Is it called Named Y2K? after a zip. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God, it won't... Oh, great. It won't let me minimise while I'm recording. How how many how much milts does that soak? How many screens have you got? <laughs> More screens. Oh, I can't believe this. Did we establish what Doctor Bill is a doctor of? <laughs> is it an honorary doctorate from Hogwarts somewhere? Is he another dropout? Yeah. Or is he is he, is he one that finished? No, he's a dropout. As well. uh, See, college gets you nowhere. Well, it's what they say. It's what everyone says. When do you think? What's going Kidding. on? Right then, let's do some COVID news. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be seamless. COVID-19 news. Put on your fucking muzzle if you go to the shop. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass from hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating. More More lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. Two million people have to die. This is such a crock of shit. This is Sonny Pickering! Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me! Hi right, then, let's start with some positive COVID news. How oh, have we got some? Yeah. Oh. Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill Gates was on CNN, interviewed by Jake Tapper a couple of weeks ago, and I got a couple of clips. Let's Excellent. Check. When do you think life will fully return to what we thought of as normal back in January? No masks, no social distancing, uh, no other protective measures necessary. Place your bets. What are we going for? Summer. 2030. (laughs) Let's find out. Certainly by the summer, we'll be way closer to normal than we are now. But even through early 2022, unless we help other countries get rid of this disease and we get high vaccination rates in our country, 
the risk of reintroduction will be there. And of course, the global economy will be uh, slowed down, which hurts America economically in a pretty dramatic way. So we'll have, starting in the summer, about nine months where a few things. So start nine months starting in summer. It's like big public gatherings uh, will still be restricted. But, you know, we can see now that somewhere between 12 to 18 months, we have a chance, if we manage it well, uh, to get back to normal. Not very, he doesn't sound very optimistic, does he? I don't understand why Bill Gates is, like, brought on to comment on this. Because he's running the op, isn't he? This is what I mean. It's, it's just bizarre that he's, he, he fucking ring Bill Gates and get him. He, he fucking made Windows, did he? And Microsoft and all the rest of it. So what the yeah, fuck is yeah. that going to do about fucking... Windows, famous for being susceptible, susceptible to viruses. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, he's, he's funding it all, isn't he? He funds the WHO, he funded BioNTech. Right, he's he's okay. been funding vaccine research, mRNA vaccine research for years. He's, he's got a why don't they, this figure is in every why pie. Just, why, why don't you just get that couple from, is it that couple from BioNTech? Is yeah. it BioNTech? Yeah. To get them on. I don't know, I don't know why they keep going to him. Because he's such a fucking chucklehead as well. He's, he's got this annoying fucking laugh <laughs> that he does when he's talking about how miserable the world is. And just grinning through it. It's like, yeah, we know you're all right, Bill, but the rest of us are fucking suffering. Do you think he's been vaccinated? Do you think he's had his hand in the till? Yeah. Vaccinated, I mean. <laughs> I he's over 80, isn't he? Not vaccinating. He'll pro- well, I bet if they asked him to, he'd do it, wouldn't he? Probably. I found it was interesting that the goalposts are moving again. In terms of what? Well, Everything. eradication. Is that what they reckon they're going to be able to do? Eradicate well, the... Well, they were saying in the clip, like, we need to vaccinate, vaccinate everyone and vaccinate everyone in the world to stop it being, it said, reintroduction. So well, whereas every other scientist is saying that this is endemic and we're going to have to live with it, he yeah. seems to be saying um, we're, this is going to be like smallpox. <laughs> we're going to fucking eradicate it. I think it's, you can't really compare those two. They're very different. Hey, I'm not the doctor. He's Dr. Bill. Hey, Ben, is smallpox a bacterial thing or a virus? It's a virus. Is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so starting in the summer, nine months, 12 to 18 months, he's, he's saying if we have a chance, we have a chance in... Um, but we're not going back to normal, are we? Because we're all going to be a lot poorer. So, anyway, yeah. eradication is the new policy. And just to hammer that home, I've got a second clip uh, from the same interview. Uh, you know, trade-offs will have to be made. But this, the next four to six months uh, really call on us uh, to, to do our best because we can see that this will end and you don't want, you know, somebody you love to be the last to die of coronavirus. He seems to think that there's going to be a time where, you know, you're the, you were the last person to die. Like there was, there will have been the last person to die of smallpox. You don't want your granny to be the last person to die of coronavirus. I think it's bizarre. Yeah, I don't think that's really. I don't think it's possible to vaccinate <laughs> seven billion people. Is it? I don't in every single country. But I suppose I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it either. It's certainly I mean, possible. My, my, pardon. It's certainly possible. It's going to cost a lot. Yeah, I suppose. 
And uh, you have to. What about all those lost tribes in, in places <laughs> like the Amazon? Yeah, and and there are countries where Bill's not really welcome anymore either, particularly in Africa. Really? So uh, yeah, oh, that's apparently. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird sort of. Yeah, I don't understand why they bring him, bring him well, on, bring him on to, chuckle his, of, to chuckle his way through. If being sceptical, then you know that's. He probably doesn't mean it like this, but you know, it'd be if you have to vaccinate the world twice, then Every he's going to make a lot of money, isn't he? Through his Yontech, <laughs> isn't he? Well, there you were, go. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have to say, is it? Is there, do you just have to be a billionaire to comment on this? Oh, Elon's pretty outspoken on the whole COVID yeah. thing, isn't he? He on doesn't. <laughs> he thinks he's had it. Oh no, he. he had, I remember he had a PCR test. One said he had it, and one said he didn't. Mm. And then he did it again, I think. And I think he might have had it. I can't remember. Doesn't work on cyborgs. Oh, uh, he's <laughs> he's unhappy with the shutdowns and stuff, Elon. Yeah. 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 Anyway, let's move on. Um, there was a thing that broke on social media this week uh, about the WHO changing the definition of herd immunity. All right. I've got a clip. There have been a lot of claims saying the World Health Organization quietly changed the definition of the term herd immunity this year. There are multiple versions of the claim, but most show a side-by-side -side comparison of WHO website pages. On the left, the WHO website in June, defining herd immunity as protection from a disease, quote, that happens when a population is immune either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infections. So that's the standard version. It's the one that I read on Wikipedia months ago, that mm -hmm. there's, there's two routes to herd immunity. Mm -hmm. Anyway... On the right, the WHO website in November, a shorter definition says herd immunity is a concept for vaccination. The big difference, the newer definition focuses on vaccines only and removes the line about building herd immunity through previous infections. So first question here, did the WHO actually change the definition on their website? Well, we checked internet archives and these are real screenshots of the website on June 9th and November 13th. So yes, the WHO did change this specific webpage. I verified it personally as well on the Wayback Machine and, and they have changed that. it. Um, and the, 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 this is a, like a fact checker video on YouTube and he goes on to give a lot of bullshit about, oh, well, you have to look at this in context and... WHO did a press conference explaining why they'd done it, but they didn't. They, they just had a press conference where we, I'm sure we played a clip where Ted Ross was advising against the policy of herd immunity. Mm. Yeah, that was when we were looking at the Barrington Declaration, wasn't it? That's it, yeah. Yeah, or shortly thereafter. Mm. This was November. It's quite recent when they when they changed their right. their guidelines, their definitions. I just f I find interesting why 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 have they done this? The WHO, they're I mean they're not the same as the WEF, where they where it's just like a group of billionaires who who don't really have any influence on on anyone in in countries or shouldn't. Whereas the WHO have more influence, right? I don't know. I've seen. I've see seen that. the photo. I've seen the photo op of of uh, Matt Hancock. Sorry, Hat Mancock and Klaus Schwab shaking hands for a photo op at, at Davos. Yeah, but I mean, 
Matt Hancock's not anyone, is he? Or he <laughs> might not be in five years. Governments change all the time. Yeah, and every year they go and see Klaus, yeah. <laughs> whoever's yeah. in charge at the time. But the WHO yeah. is seen more of a more as a credible group, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're both. I would assume they were both seen in seen in the same light, personally. Right. Yeah. The, the uh, you know YouTube have changed the guidelines where any video that goes against WHO guidance will be removed. Right. So, so the WHO seems to be some sort of infallible, omnipotent yeah, organisation now. Out. So held in high regard, right? Uh, godlike. Right. They're infallible. Yeah. So they have the ultimate truth, and uh, whatever <laughs> they say goes, according to YouTube and Silicon Valley. Right. Well, so herd issue, immunity has never ever been about um, you know getting infected by things. It's always been about vaccinations. Well, he who um, controls the the present controls the future. It's as a, Orwell said. Yeah, we've always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have freedom equals slavery. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's interesting. Um, I just don't. Well, I kind of understand the motivation. But the problem is, is that when it's you can't criticise the WHO on a public platform like YouTube, that's a bad. Can we test that? Mm. Well, we are kind of testing it, aren't we? Yeah. Mm. The thing is, we're not really big enough. I don't think to be. For the algorithm to censured. Yeah. No, we're like the World (laughs) Economic Forum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Mancock. <laughs> That's Mancock. Oh, you've got my attention. Uh, UK Health Secretary uh, Matt Hancock was on uh, talk radio this week, and I've got some clips, some interesting clips. I think this might have been quite late at night. This uh, interview, but anyway, let's let's proceed. Is he drunk? We'll come to that. <laughs> Um, When we get through this pandemic, which we will mercifully eventually, when we look back, um, surely we will have to think about the nature of the virus, extremely infectious, very nasty for a small proportion of the population. Every lost life is one too too many. But the uh, survival rate is extraordinarily high of over 99 percent. Future generations, when they look at half a trillion pounds worth of debt and the damage to our society and think, what on earth were they thinking? Never mind future generations. What about current generations? Yeah, <laughs> we're already talking about it. But anyway, well, no, I don't think that's I don't think that's how people will look back on this at all. I think they'll look back on uh, how we d- did everything we could to suppress the virus to keep people alive whilst developing a vaccine. Uh- oh, also, I forgot to mention, I didn't know where uh, Mancock was a Warren G fan. <laughs> Uh, in the extraordinary uh, way that we have in terms of, as you say, the British science. And actually, let's have a shout-out for the regulator who's done a brilliant job as well. Regulators! And of course we needed to take these measures to protect people's lives. Um, and I think that's what people will uh, will see. <clears throat> and and obviously, you know, it's been a it's been a bumpy road. Twenty twenty. We all know that. Uh, Another fucking chucklehead. I know. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's been a bumpy road. <laughs> Coming, Klaus. Could <laughs> you tell on? <laughs> I just don't know if it's it's dawned on them yet the scale of what they've done. It's man, it's crazy, isn't it? The amount of money that's been spent on it. They won't care. It- they won't see. I think it's it's pure ignorance. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it hasn't dawned on them yet. I'm sure it's dawned on Rishi that it's we're we're, we're clicking up to a half a trillion now. No, <laughs> in a year. The uh, Brexit fallout was was um, the OBR. I think broad um, broadcast forecast it to be something like forty billion over a twelve year period, and then we would start seeing the gains of having independent economic policy. And we've done over ten times that in twelve months. <laughs> With the mm-hmm. with the Rona, it's, it's fucking mind boggling, and exactly we just, people don't seem to realise how uh, dire the situation is. Uh, how are they, how um, the how the allocating that debt is it going? Are they like sort of doing that thing where they kind of hide it away on something else national national debt rather than the budget deficit or something? There's a difference, isn't there, of how they handle it or some shit. Yeah, it'll be down to the, how the Bank of England, uh, I'm guessing the Bank of England are just um, printing money. <laughs> and uh, it's probably going to exacerbate, it's probably going to run us into negative rates this year <sighs> before long. We've been prepped, we've, they've been feeling us out on this. I've been reading statements from the Bank of England over the last six months where they're feeling out. Mm, I won't be happy about that. A lot of people. A lot of older people won't be happy about that. Well, no. It's risky, isn't it, for them to do that? Well, yeah, because your savings... I mean, they're already losing value every year because of yeah. uh, consumer price <laughs> index. Yeah. Um, they're doing this for them. Did do, do they want to live or have money? <laughs> Come on. Get off both. These are boomers. They had the money back in the day. Yeah, fucking shut up, slave. <laughs> Take your fucking jab and be happy with it. We, we fucking wreck this country for you. <laughs> fuck's sake just to give you an extra six months life you should be fucking happy for it anyway um yeah as i mentioned <laughs> i mentioned i thought it might be a late night show and uh you sort of uh telegraphed it ben i think uh Man- mancock might have been on the christmas sherry here oh no uh, uh, no Definitely. I'm sure I think you're probably the first politician in, in uh, political history that's praying for a reshuffle. Uh, I don't know what an easier post is in government, but it, it's, it's definitely anything's better than your job at the moment. That's, no, it's not true. I, I you know, it's it's uh, there's, a, there's a very, you know, there's a very strong uh, I fail a very strong sense of duty. I fail a very strong <laughs> You know, it's, what a, it's uh, for there's, killing. there's a very, you know, there's a very strong. You know, it's it's uh, there's a there's a very you know there's a very strong. I think they've been shooting whatever they're shooting up Joe Biden with. They're giving him, I think. It's also holds plural called polluters accountable <laughs> with the most ambitious environmental justice agenda ever. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, you know it's, 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 it's dosages uh, there. Though. You know, it's it's uh, there's a, there's a very you know there's a very strong. True international average of pressure. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. I don't know. All right, last man cock clip. <laughs> He's asked about the overall strategy by the uh, the interviewer. And the talk radio interviewer makes a really... 
pretty good fundamental point, um, but Mancock, he just has no answer. But so many people listening to this programme uh, regret the COVID measures, not just, uh, you know, the, the price to our civil liberties, which I guess temporarily we could potentially live with, um, but just the, the damage to people's lives and livelihoods, of course, the untreated other illnesses, uh, the national debt that future generations will be paying for. Uh, many people feel that this policy has been one of wreck lives to save lives. Yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it, it, that's completely wrong. And, and I think that the strategy okay. of suppressing the virus until a vaccine can make us safe has been proved to be absolutely the right but one. But we, we and can't course, do that, Mr Hancock, we can't do that every time. God forbid that there's another pandemic. But if theoretically there were an awful pandemic every five years, uh, you know, the, the, the well would run dry. We couldn't shut the country down every time, could we? We'd have to... We'd have to think differently about a virus like this and we'd probably have to protect the vulnerable and let people that are not at risk get on with their lives. That sounds familiar, a familiar strategy. Yeah, yeah that's what we've done for every other pandemic in history mm. up until this point, before we had this crazy idea of isolating healthy people and people who were, weren't at any risk. Mm. So, mm, interesting. But they've set the precedent now. So what, yeah, what is going to happen five, ten years down the line? If something else happens, yeah, that's the thing. The whole world has set a precedent now, haven't they? Mm. The Swedes didn't. Mm. And, and they are they are starting to sort of limit things a bit. I've read that. They started yeah. to, you know... Was it no more than eight at a dining room table in a bar? <laughs> I don't know. And, like, I think they are starting to close things and, like, no large public gatherings and... That's been for a while, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's like, it's just such a strange situation, isn't it? And then, like, with the schools and stuff at the moment, whether or not they're going to do another last minute, it's got last minute um, U-turn written all over it, this, hasn't it? Oh, well, this is latest developments this weekend, isn't it? Mm. You know, China's been back to normal for months now. Yeah. Yeah. I read something, you know, how many people did China say died of? Oh, yeah, 42,000 or something. I think that was cases, actually, not death. I, see. Oh, yeah. I read somewhere that it was something like, they're estimating that something like 550,000 people might have died. <laughs> it broke out. That's a factor of 10. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no evidence for either of those. No, cases, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. But they had, I remember they had when we were sort of locking down again. I think they were having like a big festival, weren't they? And maybe that was in the summer. Yeah, giant pool parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. looked great. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It did. Maybe we. This is the thing. Maybe at the beginning we should have just welded people into their houses. And put Only the mass- vulnerable. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. No, we just don't do things the same as they do. For good, no. for good reason. Yeah. You, you need to value living in a free country. Your your rights are very easily taken away from you if you're not vigilant, as has been demonstrated this year. Mm. But, you know, people love it. They love the furlough. <laughs> they love that they old furlough. Absolutely do. They do. They're yeah. desperate for more lockdowns. Tread on me, Daddy. School. Yes. Stamp on me. Tell me what to do. I can't. I can't. I can't live through another lockdown if they shut schools and nurseries. 
I'm just going to leave. Can you not it's just... mad. When we look back at this in 10, 20 years' time, they'll say, oh, the most genius thing that ever happened was that that flip in about October, November, when people started becoming desperate for more restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was thinking, I often thought in the past about um, my parents and the three-day week, and I was always thought what was going to be our comparative sort of thing, you know, because, like, my mum and dad were... My mum was born in um, sort of at the beginning of the war. My dad was born just before the war started. So dad can kind of remember... could kind of remember sort of, like, the war, Second World War... Um, so it wasn't really something that affected him in his like adult life, but the three day three day week was. And I've always thought, and this is our three day week, isn't it? Really, oh, um, definitely. Well, we have our own three day week as well. <laughs> well, yeah, there's the four day week push, isn't there? At the moment, they never do that in the NHS. No chance. Get too much with all like the nurses and doctors work too much for free. Basically, do too many extra hours to do that. Yeah, uh, what was what's the old uh, Chinese curse or proverb? Um, I don't know. Something about I hope you don't live in interesting times. Is it? All oh, right. Oh it? yeah, something like that. Something about living in interesting times. It's, I'm blanking on it now. But yeah, yeah, we certainly are. Um, mm-hmm. The big COVID story of this week is the AstraZeneca vaccine. Oh, you've yeah. teased us with this, Phil. Come on. Yeah, it's been approved by the M... What is it? I asked you the other week. Is it the, the Emperor. Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> the Emperor. Do it. The MHRA. Execute order 66. <laughs> MHRA. Yeah, the Medicines and Health Products Regulatory Authority. That's right. The UK has become the first um, country to approve the AstraZeneca vaccine which is the big hope because there's no cold chain story cold storage chain it's a lot easier to get out get into people's arms and arseholes and everything <laughs> else it's old text oh, this is, the, is, is this the Oxford University one Oxford AstraZeneca yeah right okay and yeah. uh, do you remember a few weeks ago it might be over a month ago now I played a clip from Ivor Cummings show about vaccine trials not using placebos in their control groups. Ah, yes. Yeah. And, like, did we, did we also talk about them having uh, immunosuppressants? Different things, yeah. <laughs> uh, Standard practice. <laughs> the reason I brought it up is because this was the case with the AstraZeneca. Right. So it was a three-arm study, uh, UK arm, South American arm, South African arm, um, the UK arm got meningitis vaccines in the control group for dose one and two. Mm-hmm. The um, South American arm, the control group got meningitis jab in dose one and then saline on the booster dose two. And then the South African arm got saline both doses control group. So I thought that was a bit odd why you would do that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you're looking for, but you, I would, I would have thought that each of those arms should have the same controls. Yeah, it kind of muddies the water, doesn't it, when you're trying to prove the efficacy of something when you change 
what it's being put up against, doesn't it? Mm. Very strange. Well, see, mm, I don't, like I say, I, I don't know what they were looking for, but but yeah, it does seem odd. On well, I mean, they're testing the AstraZeneca odd. virus. So you would think <laughs> to give you the best results, you want all your controls to be as closely aligned as possible. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, I don't, why were there three arms? Just because different... Just to get more people and more sort of probably genetic differences, mm. different age to fulfil the different age criterias, I don't know. Maybe different climatic climatic yeah. considerations. Different seasons, isn't there, as well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if you want to roll this out to the whole world, it makes sense mm. to get a European arm, a South American arm, um, an African arm, and there is a US arm in progress. So I'm guessing that's why yeah. they did it, because they foresee this being will, rolled out worldwide. Maybe if they did nine arms and they had those three variables in the UK, three variables in South America, three variables in South Africa, then that makes a little more sense. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's everything's expedited in these in this case. Yeah, it was in all a, these cases. So. It was definitely a rush job. The mm. AstraZeneca trial was the one that was halted because of transverse myelitis. I think I'll, some guy died in Brazil as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, um, there was more. There was a few fatalities. One was homicide. One was homicide. Oh. Uh, and it counted because he was in the in the trial. No, I mean this. They, they follow the whole. There's twenty three thousand participants. Yeah. Um, a handful died. You have to record it, even if it's yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not. They're not saying he died because of the vaccine or coronavirus. No, 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 no. I think one died of coronavirus possibly in the control arm. Uh, one died of a gunshot, one died of some other cancer or something. Who knows? With that limited amount of data, though, you could you could say that your risk of being shot is higher <laughs> <laughs> if you have a saline and mm. meningitis vaccine two weeks apart. Yeah. So, yeah, this was the one that got halted because of the transverse myelitis. And there was three cases out of the 23,000. Hmm. Um, one case they've pinned on undiagnosed multiple sclerosis. Right. They said that accounts for that one. And then the other two cases of transverse myelitis, one was in the control arm and one was in the vaccine arm, the AstraZeneca arm. So as far as the study's concerned, there was one case of transverse myelitis, but who knows? When you're not giving swelling of the spinal cord. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about that then. Yeah. I mean, it's recoverable. As far as I know, the the English woman who got it in the UK recovered, uh, but it can fuck you up and paralyse you. All right. Great. Um, But, you know, I mean, if it's only one, worst case three out of 23,000, just give it 60 million people and see what happens. So uh, isn't that a higher risk than just getting COVID yeah. on the on the current rates? Yeah, someone in our our sort of profile, you're more likely to die of a car crash than of COVID. Hmm. That's that's a fact. <laughs> and presuming we mm. you know we don't have any comorbidities, that's the big one. Comorbidities mm. and age are the two. Yeah, mm. they they never say what. There's no list of comorbidities, is there? But. I think it's just any long-term condition, isn't it? 
Di- lost Amish Ben on the hill. Yeah, diabetes, uh, heart disease are the big ones. Yeah. The big high blood pressure as well. Obesity, clinical obesity oh, yeah, is classed yeah, obesity as a obesity seems to be the heavy one. That's oh, class- he's back. That's classed as no. a, a comorbidity. Sorry. Yeah, comorbidities. <laughs> Lots of them not listed. Yeah. So we've had the um, what? What have we done on on AstraZeneca? We've had the, the the weirdness with the control group. We've had the transverse myelitis. Um, this was also the trial that was botched. Yeah. Um, with, sorry, keep me up. <laughs> with yeah, the, sorry. Uh, <laughs> with the um, the dosing, there was dosing issues. Do you remember? Oh yeah, they, they gave yeah, a they... half dose didn't they, to to some of them. That's right. Yeah, in the UK arm only. Mm. And, but they were all, were they not all under the age of 60 or something? 55. 55. Yeah, um, Reuters have done a really good piece on the, they went through over 1,100 pages of the notes from the trial, the trial literature. Jesus. Um, going through it all, and they've done a really good piece on it. There's a good piece on um, science, I think science, science mag, on science mag as well. Um, did they did they find references to Netscape in there? <laughs> I don't know if that was them. No, that's the Brexit thing. You're I know about. it was the Brexit thing. <laughs> but uh, just quickly, just to go th- go through because the, there's some weird shit here. Okay. Um, so the dosing error was due to a, a problem with measurement. So the the vaccine is manufactured by um, an Italian company. And then before they shipped it to Oxford, they did PCR tests on the vaccine to verify its potency. Um, And then they shipped it to Oxford. Oxford used a different method to test the potency when it arrived. And they found that it was twice as strong as as the Italians were saying it was. And that's when they contacted the MHRA and requested to give half doses. Um, So they've been in contact with the regulator throughout all this. Um, But it's weird that the firm's chief executive officer, Pascal Sorio, told Bloomberg, people call it a mistake. It was not a mistake. Um, Meanwhile, the two scientists leading Oxford's development of the vaccine, Sarah Gilbert and Adrian Hall, Suggested that the half dose was not administered by mistake, but it was. It was. It was Oxford's testing method that let them down. So they thought they were they were given a, a full dose, mm-hmm. and they ended up giving a half dose. And then the chief exec of AstraZeneca came out and said, "No, it wasn't a mistake." Um. Uh, Sir Gilbert and Adrian Hill, who were running it, they suggested that the half dose was not administered by mistake. They didn't provide evidence. Uh, Gilbert, an Oxford vaccinology professor, said, it was normal for researchers to look at different dose levels during vaccine trials. It wasn't a mix-up in dosing, she told the Financial Times November 27th. A few days later, her partner Hill told Reuters it was a conscious decision by researchers to administer a lower dose. There had been some confusion suggest suggest some confusion suggesting that we didn't know we were giving a half dose when we gave it. That is really not true, he said. But the Reuters investigations found out that those statements were false. 
they were lying to the press. It was um, um, an error in measurement, yeah. They didn't know they were doing it, and that's why they were onto the MRHA panicking, saying, what do we do? We've started this trial, and we've given one arm of the UK uh, half a dose instead of a full dose, and the MRHA said, well, just, you're just going to have to give them the second dose on the, on the booster, and the full dose the second time. Um, Is it? Yeah. Well, qu- quite a lot. Of, well, quite often, um, things are discovered by accident, aren't they? Yeah. You know, like when, not, you, when you sort of mix two vials together. I'm not saying um, that you can't make a mistake. The point is, they went to the press and lied to them. Yeah. Well, they said yeah. that it wasn't a mistake. And the imagine chief... how much how much the share price fell off the back of. Um, oh, we'll get onto that. On the back of them saying they made a mistake with a vaccine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the that's well, the, the CEO's job. We're coming. We're coming to that. Um, even weirdly, they started sl- these two guys running the off- Oxford thing. They started slagging off the competition, <laughs> the the, uh, the Pfizer and the BioNTech and and the Moderna. So, <laughs> so on on the other vaccine candidates uh, at the end of July, Sarah Gilbert alluded to competing vaccine efforts. In an interview on the Royal Society of Biology's website, she said of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which is hers, if this doesn't work, I don't think anything will work. Her main partner on the project, Adrian Hill, was equally bullish. On May 15th, he dismissed as total unknowns and a wild card the vaccines using mRNA technology such as Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna. Why would you take a vaccine technology that is new, unproven, Maybe quick to manufacture, but expensive to manufacture, and has never been scaled up and never been shown to protect protect against anything in humans, and prioritise that in a global emergency. He he said it's very odd. So these two guys yes. are coming out and slagging off the other one, the competition. Why? It's probably it's true what he's saying, but you know. Look, it's football for nerds, you know. You guys have football. We have to, we have to, you know, just have science and stuff and science arguments. It's perfectly fine. That's just like a Liverpool Everton derby. Yeah, is it total? Is it not, uh, total unknowns and wild cards. So it's interesting. But it is, isn't it, to a certain extent? But I'm, you know. I think there's risks in all vaccines, isn't there? We're taking them and stuff. You have an allergic reaction, you know, a small risk. Um, but there is a point, isn't there, about why Why did they choose to create or use this new technology for vaccines rather than using the older? It's quicker to manufacture and scale up. Yeah, but then is it not, are you then, like what you said, less able to scale it up because the infrastructure is not there and, you know, super, is it minus... 20 has he got to be kept is it minus 70 minus? 70 so you know that's the fridges don't you know a normal fridge the vaccines are generally just kept in normal fridges the, the mrna one is, is a lot quicker to uh develop um right. it took him um, i think it was 48 hours really yeah from getting the genetic code of the virus they, they met right. it in uh february Right, okay. Or March, been... over a weekend. <laughs> right, okay. And then they started the, you know, Process. the tests, the testing, yeah. Right. So, well, well, yeah. as a technology, it's it's very, uh, 
mobile. It can be used. <laughs> it's easy to point at different pathogens, whereas yeah. the traditional viruses need to sort of like be cultured and grown. It's a it's a right, longer yeah. process. Okay. Well, then that probably does make sense, doesn't it? But why you would you? Oh, I don't know. I suppose it was all about time. It is all about time, isn't it? Well, they've kind of come on stream at exactly the same time, haven't they, in the end? Yeah. Well, they've just tried to learn the, best, the lesson from swine flu, haven't they? And not end up with a load of vaccines that no one wants anymore because it's all blown over. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's the other thing. This is uh, the final point on the AstraZeneca. Going back to Gilbert and Hill uh, and why they might be lying to the press and slagging off the competition. <laughs> Gilbert and Hill together have about a 10% stake in a private biotech firm called Vaxitech um, that was spun out of the Oxford University according to a filing with Companies House, the UK's Companies Registry dated October 29th. According to a spokeswoman from Vaxitech, the company transferred its rights to the vaccine to Oxford University's research commercialisation arm in exchange for a share of the revenue if the vaccine is successful, then all shareholders and investors in the company could potentially indirectly benefit. Well, they're going to make millions, aren't they? From it. Those two are. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure that wouldn't affect, you know, these the scientists, aren't they? They're, they're, they're godlike. <laughs> and everyone knows, you know, it's a lot harder to buy a scientist than a politician. So I'm sure it's got nothing to do with the money. I'm sure it, I'm sure it does. <laughs> but, you know, if it works, it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's what, we'll you know, most humans are mo- quite motivated by greed, aren't they? I'm sure they are. Yeah. That's why we survive so long. We want more. Give it us. Anyway. We need to move on quick. Okay. Um, I was uh, listening to Malin, one of Malin's va- uh, vapors videos. <laughs> Malin Vader. <laughs> the Malin Baker Show, previous guest, he's got a good YouTube channel, and he was talking about solo dimming. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. no. Not a nice age. But first, this week we learned that trials are going ahead to explore the practicality of solar dimming, dispersing material into the atmosphere designed to reflect back a percentage of sunlight to help deal with global warming. It gets better. The exploratory pilot is being supported by Bill Gates, because of course it is. Now, I suspect I am with the vast majority of people who would see the headline for this one and immediately think... That is totally bonkers. How could anyone go along with such a thing? Let me check. Is it April the 1st? No, can't be, because we just had New Year. But Bill Gates is a smart guy. I mean, I know some people in the comment section think he's a lizard or something. That's me. Lizard. He's a fucking lizard. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to dim the sun now. Oh, this this the Dyson Sphere. Is that where we're moving to next? What could possibly go wrong? I know we're like fucking throwing loads of stuff up into the atmosphere. <laughs> what we need is a nuclear winter. That's an artificial nuclear winter. Let's have one of them. Dim the sun for a few millennia. Yeah, I mean, wild. Because this you know, is uh, one. Because we do really well when it gets cold, don't we? Exactly. This is this brings me on to Gobekli Tepe. 
a tepper. Yeah. At the end, of, they think that they built that at the end of the mini ice age to celebrate it. In fact, that they finished. No, they buried it before. Buried it before. Buried it before the younger dryers. I believe. Oh, it was the other way around. Oh. Yeah, I think that I think I might be wrong. I think you are. I think that <laughs> I think the asteroid hit and then they built it. Oh. Started building it then. Right. Oh, contradiction. And that, but, yeah, but they did. They did. Uh, you're right. It was. It was covered. It seems to have been covered over. Yeah, it was. They can tell from the infill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schmidt, the black mat. Klaus, Klaus Schmidt. Klaus Schmidt. Yeah, he was the head of the German uh, excavation team. Wasn't Luftwaffe. He? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he discovered the infill that it that it had been deliberately buried. But this is the thing, isn't it? So you, just, you so you know, you put all this shit in the atmosphere, and then we're kind of. I think we're some people think we're overdue a, a, a big asteroid impact. That could cause like a nuclear winter. Do you know what I mean? So you know, you don't need more stuff in the atmosphere, surely. Why do we keep messing with things? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dear. Never mind. Anyway, we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to sign off for this week. Time's knocking yeah. on. It is. It is. Um, we shall be. We shall be back for one six seven next week. With, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to- Tony's coming on. Uh, Tony Walker, Tony Walker, yeah, from the classic Ghost Stories podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so that'll be fun, won't it? It will. He's, he's got. He has his own uh, blog on on Medium. I think he writes some some kinds of different things on there. He writes about a lot of different interesting things we can talk to him about. Yeah, looking forward to that. Good. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Wakanda forever, build back better. Epstein didn't kill himself, etc., etc. etc. Right, Tara. Guardians are measured by their ability to come. He's a homophobe and he's a misogynist. A robot or A fucking vegan. Oh my. Execute order 69, dudes! Yeah. Mr. Peter Bo.